morning. Woo. Oh, come on. We can do it. We'll, we'll do it one more time. Good morning, church. There we go. All right. Feeling good? Yes. It is a great day, worship team. Thank you. Uh, my name is Andy. If we have not had a chance to meet yet, I'm the lead pastor here. This is High Point Church. We meet at Kennesaw Elementary School, as you can very well see. And today is a unique Sunday. This is what is called Big Sunday. Everybody say Big Sunday. It's Big Sunday today, right? And that doesn't mean we've got bouncy houses after service today. It means that today we are getting into the big vision that God has called us to as a church. Right now, we, we wanted, because we are a school that meets in an elementary school, we believe in family and we believe in spiritual family. We wanted even your kids to be in service today that they might hear and catch a little bit of the big vision on Big Sunday. It's about having a big heart. You guys ready today? Right? It's going to be a big moment. Now, if you are a kid today, you've got an electivity bag. Right? You've got a little ring pop, I think, in there. In fact, if you want to get that ring pop out, we may need a collective moment where we just open those so there's not the crinkling of wrappers the entire service. If you want to get going on that and ask mom and dad about uh, the ring pop, now is the time to do it. Today is Big Sunday. And I'm excited about what God is doing here in Kennesaw and Marietta and Ackworth and Woodstock, Powder Springs, downtown Atlanta. We've got people coming from all over the place and we're thrilled to be doing this together. We're going to pray to begin and then uh, we're going to get right into the word. Father, be with us today. Lord, as we, as we unpack your word today, as we try to apply it to our lives, as we try to step out in faith today, as we try to hear from you, God, I pray that you would stir us, that you would move in our hearts. And yes, God, even make us a little bit uncomfortable. Lord, as we aspire to follow you and be the church that you've called us to be. Amen. I want to say if this is your first time here today and you're like, man, my kids are with me today. I wasn't planning on that. That's not normal, right? We normally have our High Point Kids uh, ministry is open and, and, and going full speed. Today is a little bit of a different Sunday. But we are so thankful that you are here today. This is not insider baseball today. This is big Sunday. And you're going to hear some ways that you can be involved in helping to change the world. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians is in the New Testament. Paul, the apostle, is writing to the church in Colossae. And this is what he's writing. He's, he's pointing the, 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 this young church to, to Jesus. He's getting it all down to, to the brass tacks here. And this is what he says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He says that the Son, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all. All things, 
And in him, all things hold together. This church is great news for you. Ever feel like life is just spinning out of control? I think I may have had four, maybe five conversations with people just this morning where you're like, man, how's life? Whoo, busy. It's crazy. It feels like I'm spinning plates. Guess who's got it all held together? Jesus does. He is not intimidated by your life. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the head of this church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead because he is resurrected. And so that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things in, on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That was a lot. You skip on down to verse 28. Paul summarizes it and he says, He is the one we proclaim, Jesus. Jesus is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everybody fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works inside of me. Jesus has given you and me energy. Literally energy. You've got, you got, you got something happening inside your spirit, inside your soul. An energy that allows you to contend that others might hear and know about this Jesus. And who is this Jesus? Well, Paul just went on this big, nice explanation as to who this Jesus is. And this is the one that I'm contending for, that I'm, that I'm using all of my energy that I've got, my heart, soul, mind, and strength, that people might know him, follow him, and be changed by him. I'm going to do something right quick. There we go. Distracting myself up here on the stage. It gets a little warm up here, ladies and gents, and so there is a big dog fan back there, but it's allowed, that thing is strong, about to blow me off the front of the stage today, so now it's suddenly like super quiet, but that's okay, Jesus has given us, God has given us an energy, don't think new age energy, I mean literally like you wake up and have energy, you have a fight in you to contend that others might know Christ. We proclaim this Jesus. And so here is the gospel. I want, I want, if you're new here today, I want to make sure that the gospel is clear for you. That you know what we're contending for. The gospel is this. It's the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. That he lived the life we should have lived and died the death that we should have died. He did it in our place. And three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he is the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation to those who repent and believe in him. That is the gospel. And that is what we as a church use our energy to proclaim, to lift up, to, to let people know of. 
one of the things that happened for us in the pandemic is we, you know, we used to meet in the school and then the, the you know, all the schools closed, understandably, during the pandemic and, and churches like ours were not able to meet in, in a school like this. But when the school called and was like, hey, do you want to start meeting back here again? Right? We, we jumped at the opportunity. Why? Because we wanted to be in an environment that obviously was a little more suitable to the needs that we had as a church, but also because we wanted to be in a scenario where we could be proclaiming this gospel to as many eyes and ears and people as possible. And we felt like being in a school afforded us that. And so we got these chairs and we bought these chairs and they're a little bit more comfortable than the blue plastic chairs that we used to have. And we're, we're stretching into some things here, right? Because we believe that God has called us to use our energy to contend for the gospel that others might see and hear and know and respond. That's why we do what we do. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I am well aware that a message on vision, this is a little bit different today. I like to normally preach stories and narrative preaching is my, my environment, my style. That's not today. Today we're casting vision for what God is doing and leading us to do. And, and when, when, when pastors begin to do that, there is an easy tendency for the church, right? To the, you know, it's, it's like you, you're, you're leaning back in the spiritual lazy boy. And it's like... <sighs> right snooze fest or or we think this doesn't really apply to me or i'm new to this church this is really for them on the inside and not really for me and that's actually not the case today i'm i'm reminded in 1995 i know rewind the tape way back the way back machine in 1995 a movie came out only one of the most formative movies of this generation Anybody know what, what movie that would be? What came out in 1995 that changed your life if you lived through 1995? It wasn't The Lion King. No, it was something even better. Toy Story. That's right. Kids, you, some of you are growing up in here and you, didn't, you haven't really tasted Woody and Buzzy. And bu- Buzzy? And Buzz, excuse me, Woody and Buzz. That was life-changing, okay? And there's only like a bazillion things that go along with Toy Story. But one of our favorite characters in Toy Story is this guy named Rex, right? He's the T-Rex, the the green dinosaur. And T-Rex has short arms. And he can't beat Zerg on the video game. Why? Because he can't reach the buttons fast enough. And when it comes to vision... And when it comes to reaching the next generation, and when it comes to, to using what God has given us, the energy in our hearts and in our, in our souls, many times we have what I like to call T-Rex syndrome, where we just can't really reach it anymore. And as you get a little bit older in your faith, and as the church gets a little bit older in its life cycle, it can adopt this thing called T-Rex syndrome where you just, where, where you just can't really stretch out and reach anymore. It's like you got T-Rex arms. And you know what I'm talking about? Uh, adults, when you're at the dinner table and you used to just grab that thing, right, that was in the middle, and now, and now you say things like, Could you, why don't you slide that on down here to me? I, like reaching for it is just a little, a little too much effort, right? It's a little creak, the creaky bones. Or you know what's really great? 
One of my favorite dad moves is when you call your kid, like from the other room, or even worse, like from upstairs. Like, hey, come in here for a minute. They find you. You're like, hey, could you, could you bring that to me over there? Or flip that light switch for me? <laughs> yeah, it is the ultimate dad move where, I, where you don't even want to get up from where you're at or what you're doing, right? And so you ask somebody else to come and do it for you. That is what we call T-Rex syndrome. And, 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 and many times when it comes to stretching out and reaching as a church, we, lo- we, we lose the ability to, to kind of get out there and do it. And we become comfortable We become used to our patterns. We just settle in and no longer let God use us in new ways. Today is Big Sunday. And so this is a moment for us to talk about three areas that God is stretching us into to reach. Guys with me today? This is a collective effort. This is not Pastor Andy's vision. We believe that this is what God is doing for us, for you. Statistically speaking, I don't know if you're aware of this, but about 75%, the latest latest stats have, about 75% of people coming to faith, putting their faith in Jesus, they do so before the age of 21. That is an astounding statistic. And let's say there's, you know, a little bit of fudge room on, on, on either side of that, you know. Let's say it's 66%, it's two-thirds, or it's 70%. It's still an astounding amount of people putting their faith in Jesus before the age of 21. Now, maybe that was not you, and it doesn't mean that people above that age have no value. But what it means is that as a church and a church body that is called to reach people, we are looking at the next generation and we're saying there is tremendous value here and shaping here because these little ones, these little ears and these little hearts, they are the most likely to respond to this. And therefore, what is happening in High Point Kids... And what is happening with summer nights and VBS and what's happening with raising up teachers to teach these kids is it is important, it's critical at seeing the baton of faith passed to the next generation. And I want you to understand this. When it comes to who we are called to reach as a church, we are called to reach kids. We are called to reach children. What is happening, the gospel at work in the hearts of children is just as important as the gospel at work in the hearts of adults. And so when we come in here and worship, I want you to understand there is also a missionary effort that is taking place, and it's happening right in those doors behind us. As we are discipling and shaping and and working to get the gospel in the hearts of these little ones. And it is imperative that we as a church understand that. Why do we move back to the school? Because we believe in reaching the next generation for Christ. It's an elementary school. 
even though the, the trends say that it's before the age of 21, the bulk of that is between the age of 4 and 14. So the younger they are, the more likely they are to hear about Jesus and say, I want that. I want to respond to that. I want to give my life to that. And I want to follow that. And some of you have kids that are older. Some of you have, don't have kids at all. Some of you are single. Some of you are divorced. Some of you are in different age demographics, period. I get that. But I want you to understand that we are unapologetic as a church about who God has called us to reach and shape and disciple. And you know who is number one on that list is little ones. It's kids. And so we're pouring resources and energy to contend for the sake of these little hearts. And that means for you, what, what, is that, what does that mean for you? Amy and I were literally just talking this past week about creating some mission trip opportunities for kids to be able to go on, little ones, to participate and put faith to action. It means right now that we've got two rooms that are open, right, for high point kids, but we're already renting a third it's not staffed yet. But it will be. And what about, imagine, imagine that fourth room opening because there's so many kids that are responding and hearing about Jesus. This is the big vision. And if you're like, oh, okay, you're reaching kids. No, 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 we are reaching Kids, you sitting here today, children with ring pops, you are priority for us. We want to see you love Jesus and have an amazing relationship with him. And consequently, we are willing to call people up to serve, to give their life and their energy serving with those kids. And you'll come out of that thing sweaty and tired and you're wondering did I do anything today oh God did anything yes you did yes you did you're sowing seed in the heart of little ones and it's imperative that we understand that that is part of the mission of this church that's big vision that's part of big Sunday um I want you to hear this because our teens, you know, they're beginning to meet at our house. We're moving from every other week to every single week on Sunday nights. Our middle schoolers are, are coming to my house, getting ready to. And I love it. But what I love even more is that this past summer, during summer nights, uh, that's our version of VBS, we had more middle schoolers volunteering than we had parents and adults. Meaning our own kids, like the middle schoolers, were so geeked and so amped about what's happening that they gave their summer and gave their time and energy to reach the next generation. That is what I'm talking about. And everybody said, amen. You guys tracking with me today? I know I say that a lot. It's kind of like my little, my little one. Are you tracking? You tracking with me? I don't think so. Are you tracking with me? Is this making sense to you? We are a church that is going to reach and continue reaching the next generation. It's so important. How has God called you to be a part of that? To stretch you into it? I don't know. I can't answer that. 
he's calling to stretch you, to get rid of that T-Rex syndrome. Let's keep going. Because Kennesaw is home to a very large university. And you might be surprised to know there are over 40,000 students who go to Kennesaw State. That is not a small university. That is not a blip on the radar. 40,000 students. That is a lot of young people. Right? We're talking about that age of 4 to 14, and you got 15 to 18 in high school, and then you got college. And as a ministry, our church, when we first moved here, Amy and I said to each other, when we moved to Kennesaw, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to reach Kennesaw State. And, and one of the original Bible studies that took place was a Bible study to the ladies of the cross team. Of all places, it's where the, the doors were open. And so we went, we walked through it, and, and, and an amazing campus ministry was birthed and born. And then life happened, and campus ministers transitioned out, and, and we had COVID that hit, and the campus ministry evolved and changed, and students graduated, and it just kind of fell by the wayside. But we're a part of a ministry that is involved on roughly 1,900 university campuses. Because we believe in reaching the campus, and we believe in reaching the next generation. That is who we are. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we do. College students are important to Jesus. I know. You're like, but are they? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> Joking aside. If you were involved in a campus ministry of any kind, raise your hand for a second. Okay. In college campus. I see some little bit. Some of you came to faith on campus. Some of you got connected to an every nation campus ministry on campus. Many of you, I will also say, this is kind of your first church that you've ever really been a part of. And I love that. I love that this is where you got reached. Many people get reached on a university campus. And so one of the things that we're beginning to do and move forward with, church, to proclaim the gospel, to use our energy that others might know Jesus as we are going to get back out on the university campus, starting, I think, in about two weeks, where we begin tabling at Kennesaw State one more time. And we're going in with some prayer and some faith. We're asking God to move, and we're going to have this big folding table, right, with our nice little Every Nation campus you know, uh, 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 cloth on it, and we're going to be giving away coffee. Iced coffee, hot coffee, doctor it up how you want it kind of coffee. And we'll be doing this thing called the God Test, where we begin spiritual conversations with college students, believing for the opportunity to start maybe some Bible studies or to begin going through a foundations book or beginning to invite maybe even to church if they're open to that and one thing leads to the next you're like man that seems like a lot of work it is a lot of work when Paul writes in Colossians and he says oh my gosh I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. You need to know that when he put his head on his pillow at night, it's be, and he was tired, right? Because he's, he is being stretched. 
etched into areas that are a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit in the unknown and a little bit uh, out of the ordinary. And so for some of you, uh, I'm asking you to serve. And I'm asking you to give your time. And if you've got some afternoons available, I might just be inviting you to come out and serve and do something that you have not done before. And that is just stand there behind a table and invite a college student to come over and get some coffee and invite them into something bigger for their life. Maybe a little prayer. Do you need prayer for something? How can I pray for you? Is that coffee good? (laughs) It looks really good. Nice uh, outfit. I don't know. I don't care. Engage in conversation that leads somewhere and we strenuously contend for the sake of other eyes and knowing who Jesus is. This is why we do what we do. We are called to reach the next generation. We are also called to reach the campus, Kennesaw State University. We're going to begin seeing some students trickle through here. Mark my words. I don't know how it's going to look, and I don't know how it's going to work. But you know what you now get to do if you're not out on campus uh, with me, serving and working from time to time, is, is, is you get to have your eyes open for some young people walking through those doors that you don't recognize, and you get to go out of your way to make them feel at home, and you get to go out of your way after service, maybe to invite them out for lunch, to take them out, because you know what college students never have? They never have money. Right? They don't have mom and dad with them many times or grandparents with them. And so we get to be family for students. It's not something we have to do. It's something that we get to do. And so we get to be looking for opportunities to serve and to lay our lives down for the sake of another and sacrifice to stretch, to, to, to get rid of T-Rex syndrome where we can't reach out anymore. No, we are reaching out to be used by God. We strenuously contend to proclaim this Jesus to the campus. I got a whole list of reasons why the campus is important. I'll make this real fast for you because I'm going to move on to our last part. Because this is part of big vision. College students are making decisions that they that are they're affecting them the rest of their lives. I mean, you're out from under your parents' home for the first time. No, I mean, if you're a parent that just sent a student out to campus, and what I'm saying is kind of making you panic. Sorry, but it is reality, right? Students are are out from under the the the. the the jurisdiction of mom and dad, many times for the first time, really for the first time. And so they're getting to stand on their own two legs and make decisions for themselves many times for the first time. And so when it comes to matters of faith, it's a critical time. Important decisions are being made. You know what I want? I want to be in on some of those conversations. I want the gospel to be in those conversations, to Jesus, for Jesus to be at the forefront. This is part of why we do what we do. For the sake of students. 
at Kennesaw State, there are approximately, oh, looking for it. Gotta find it. 1,500 international students. 1,500 from 130 different countries. Now, when we talk about the gospel, and we talk about this gospel bearing fruit, and we talk about reproducing, we talk about changing the world, you know one, one way is to do that? It's by reaching students from other countries who are studying abroad, and then they go back home to their families, many times able to share the gospel and share what God has done to them. And, 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 and you know what happens in every nation, the ministry that we're a part of, we've done this before. Where a student goes back to their home country or their home city and either we have a church there that they get to the, the privilege to be plugged into or we get to send a mission team and help be part of planting and birthing a brand new church in another nation, in a new community. All because a church like ours was willing to open its doors and reach the college campus. If we change the campus, we change the world. If we reach the campus, we can reach the world. That's just the truth of it. And I am pumped. I am going to be tired. I'm going to be exhausted going out on campus. I know it, right? I'm going to be looking and, and I'm going to be singing to myself, you know, like my shoes don't look good anymore. My clothes don't look right. You know, this and that. Like, I, I, won't, I won't fit in. I am well aware of it. And I don't even care. We're going to go for it. We're going to stretch into new places. God's called us to reach the next generation. He's called us to reach Kennesaw State University. But he's not done there. I was in the Philippines for a few weeks, two weeks actually over the summer, and I thought this was humid. I've never, I've never felt humidity like the Philippines. I mean, I, I, when I tell you that it was just water, just water, just pouring off of you, it was so hot, Okay. Well, one of the things that, that I was there for was it, was, it was seminary, right? I was there for two weeks. And you have this moment towards the end where uh, Pastor Steve is one of the, uh, my pastors, been a good friend to us. Um, you know, he's getting all these students together, and, he, and he's a, been a prolific church planter, prolific pastor. And he's praying for all of us. He's praying for those who are pastoring churches. And he's, he's praying for us that, that God would speak and minister to us. And so we have this moment with about 100 students in a classroom. And he's just asking, hey, would you just begin praying for what's on your heart? Pray for, pray for a country. No agenda. No weight to it. Just Pray. And so it's quiet in the, in the, in the chapel room. It's quiet, and, and, and people are kind of praying under their breath. And, you know, we're kind of doing what most people do when they pray. And, you know, you know and, and everyone's praying. And, and Steve's like, hey, would somebody grab the mic and just begin praying for the nation that God's put on your heart right now? He's sharing stories. So I grabbed the mic. And I'd been praying for a little community north of us, north 
West Cartersville and Rome, Georgia. I'm praying for Rome. Shorter University is there. Um, what's the other one? Barry. Side note, largest land campus in the entire United States is right there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that was free. Um, so I begin praying for them, and I feel the Holy Spirit in one of those kind of divine moments where you're just like, okay, is that you, Lord? Where I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want you to pray for another Rome in this moment. Like Rome, like the big city Rome? I'm having this inner dialogue with, with the Lord in this little chapel. The Holy Spirit, I just feel the Holy Spirit say, yeah, grab the mic, go ahead and start praying for Italy. Okay, okay, whatever, no big deal. So I grab the mic, and I begin praying for Florence, and I begin praying for Venice, and I'm praying over anything I can think of with Italy, and I get to Rome, and I start praying for Rome, and it's just, you know, it's kind of flowing. It's feeling good. And I finish, and Pastor Steve is at the front of the room, and it's just quiet. Nobody's doing anything. He says, hey, um, in one of these kind of just maybe divine moments, not saying it is, but it could be. About five minutes ago, a church planner that's getting ready to move to plant a church, his name is Jerome. He just entered the building a couple floors beneath us. He's moving to Rome. And he's going to begin putting together a team people to help plant a new church in Rome, Italy. Since this was so strongly put on your heart in this moment, Andy, you should go have lunch with him and just see what God might be doing. So I walk downstairs and I, 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 I meet up with this guy named Jerome who, small, small story, I, I, I had met him before. We'd actually had breakfast a year prior. Hardly knew the guy, but he was a businessman, and he let go of his business for the sake of ministry. And we're sitting, kind of talking about Rome, and I, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, does this really have any legs or anything like that? This was on my heart like five minutes ago, right? And I'm playing for Rome, and I, okay, Lord, I'm not sure what exactly you're doing, but I'm having lunch with the church planner that's moving to Rome, Italy, and he's putting together his team. That's really cool. So some of the team members begin coming, and they're sitting at the table, and they're encouraging us here in Kennesaw. Oh, you should come and check it out here in Rome, Italy. Be fun. I'm like, okay, great idea. Well, as I'm talking, you know, one of the guys, he begins sharing some of his story, and his last name is Cam Cam. Now, I'm in Manila, Philippines. He tells me that his last name is Cam Cam, and I looked at him and I said, I knew a Cam Cam once, about 20 years ago. He said, where did you used to live? I said, Nashville. He said, my brother used to live in Nashville. Jonathan Cam Cam. Hands on the table, like, okay, twilight zone. Your brother? Is Jonathan Cam Cam, who I knew 20 years ago, and just in one of these random, weird, 
crazy moments. I'm praying for Rome. I'm encouraged to go walk down, have lunch with a guy, and the person sitting next to him is connected to me from 20 years ago. So he gets his brother on the phone right there. And he's like, hey, you remember a guy named Andy King? Andy King? Oh my gosh, it's been 20 plus years. All this is happening within the span of about 20 minutes, okay? And sometimes you have these moments, and when you read Paul, sometimes we look and we, we think that, that, that it's just everybody's sitting in a room with like pens and papers and calculating this, and, and yet sometimes we see where God just shows up in the power of the Holy Spirit and he directs things and he changes things and he adjusts things. And we see this with the Macedonian call of the New Testament where churches are getting birth and they're getting birth because the Holy Spirit is orchestrating moments together. And so what has happened over the course of, say, six weeks now, seven weeks now, is that our church is getting involved in helping plant a new church. And where is that church getting planted? Rome, Italy. What used to be the epicenter of Christianity, where we read Paul being persecuted and put in jail, right? Where we see so much influence for the Christian faith and where it has died a slow death, we now get to have our hand involved in birthing and planting another new church. Are we owning that church? No, we are not. Is Pastor Andy moving to Rome, Italy? No, I am not. But we are going to and helping provide some infrastructure for short-term mission teams to go and partner with the church there on the ground that has about eight families. And they're going to need some help getting the word out and the noise out and starting Bible studies and getting on campus and once again engaging students. And so we are putting together much of the infrastructure that would allow our global Every Nation family to join in mission trips and partner with this team. I leave in December for our first trip to Rome. Do we have many of the details worked out? No, we do not. But it is our first scouting trip. And there is opportunity even now for some of you to come and be part of even that initial trip where we will pray, where we will go on prayer walks, where we will engage in conversations, where we will get a spiritual temperature of the community and the city where we'll eat some great food and be led by the Spirit as we find ourselves in situations where we are contending with all of our energy for the sake of the gospel, that Jesus would be glorified, his name lifted high. Have you ever, have you ever stepped outside the country for the sake of a mission trip? This might be your first opportunity. This might be the moment that God has been knocking on the door of your heart. We're talking about reaching the next generation, and we need people to serve. 
with kids. We're talking about reaching the campus, and we need people to serve, and we need people to give. We're talking about reaching the nations, and we need people to serve, we need people to give, and we need people to go. We need to pray, we need to give, and we need to go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is ultimately the vision that God has called us to, to kids, to the campus, and to new countries. And we may not be a big church, because we're not right now. We're a growing church. But understand that we are a church with big vision, with big heart, and I believe that God is going to use us. And so today, you're tasting the heart of this house, the vision of it. And you can get as involved as you would like, but also hear me from... I mean, if you are within the the, the hearing ability of my voice right now, I'm inviting you and encouraging, but I'm also telling you, don't sleep on this. Give your life to proclaiming the gospel that others might know him and have their lives changed. Some of you are desperate to see your own kids experience Some of you have been in the balance for your neighbors. Some of you are praying for moms and dads and brothers and sisters. And we are in faith with you, church. And now I'm asking you to keep using that very faith for others as well. You're going to hear about very practical ways to pray, give, and go here in just a moment. That's our big vision for 2023, heading into 2024. Kids, campus, and a new country.